Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk, drunk, to drunk accountant, 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 that's Dan just my Tim. Chance the Rapper impersonation, Tim. Hope you like that. Uh, so, as you can tell by intro, we're back. We're back. We missed a week. Uh, you were away, Tim. I just got way too busy to organize it all. Yep. And uh, we took a week off. Yeah, I think no one really noticed anyway, so... Yeah, that, that's the part that hurt the most. We didn't really get any messages to say, hey, where's the podcast this week? Uh, no, actually, one person who did ask was Dad. <laughs> <laughs> he was stressing out. He was like, why isn't it uploading for me? Where's the new episode? <laughs> Maybe uh, other people did have that experience, but... Uh, hopefully. I hope that people uh, cared. <laughs> <laughs> well... We apologize for missing last week, but we are back. We're back. Fresher and better than ever, as you can tell by that intro. Yeah, and Tim is back in the office. We are here together in the same room yeah. recording the podcast. I would like to say it's better to be here with you, Dan, and looking at you, but it's not. No. Because I hate you. I mean, that's <laughs> fair enough. It's fair enough. Uh, no, I'm lying. It's good. It's good to be here. And uh, yeah, we've got a good episode coming up today. Uh, I was actually um, listener... Directed. Listener, the, the, listener the, the request. Yeah, yeah, listener request. Well, I mean, I put out some options and we had a couple of people choose fringe benefits tax is today's topic. Yes. So, we're actually going to split this into two weeks, Tim. Two entire weeks of everyone's favorite tax <laughs> subject, fringe benefits. Yeah. It's an area that not a lot of people are very across. Yeah, that's right. Even, and, even yeah. some accountants... It's it is it's very complex and difficult because it runs separate to the rest of the tax. Like yeah. you know, it's it's its own. It's, it's very know, rules based. Yeah, and it's very. It's got all these little intricate little bits and pieces, and, and we'll get into a lot of these probably in week two. Uh, this it. week's mainly going to be just a rough idea of what what it actually is, yeah. how it works, and uh, some information like that. Yeah, and like practically, how how people do an FBT lodgement. Yeah. Or practically how it affects your individual tax return. Exactly. Exactly. So, that'll be good. Uh, before that, Tim. Yes. What is the Tim and Dan Lowe? <laughs> <laughs> I went too high. I went the same as you. You went high, I went high. <laughs> anyway. That's why you were pointing down at me. Yeah, no. That was just, I went the wrong way. <laughs> I was kind of saying that I was going to go down and then I stepped up. Oh, oh well. Instead, we both just sat on the fence in the middle of the room. <laughs> no one went high. Dan Lowe. <laughs> uh, what's your... Uh, do you have a Dan Lowe this week? My Dan Lowe this week. I uh, I moved house. Ah, that's exciting. Yep. Tell I'm everyone your address. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, they can send you gifts. <laughs> send it to my workplace. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I moved house. It's been really good. Still kind of in the process of all of that. Uh, you know how it is. You got a, a room. You, you decorate the, the three rooms you need the most and then the other the other ones just fill up with boxes and things oh, yeah. that are for a future date. So That's called my garage. Yeah. So, that's that's tonight for me. Um, it'll be sorting out that, that last room and um, unpacking a few boxes. How is it going? Living with Kat? It's going it's great. the first time you've... Like permanently lived in the same domicile. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Essentially, we've. Um, Would you, could you call yourself de facto now? Yeah, up, up a notch. Yeah, I, th I think so. <laughs> That's a big move. Not really. <laughs> well, we're on each other's tax returns now. You've just you've just mm. admitted that to the ATO. Yeah, well, probably not. But <laughs> <laughs> there's no real tax advantage at this point. Oh, well, maybe there's disadvantages. You got to be aware of. These things. Possibly. Who knows? <laughs> I suppose we're, we're meant to. 
<laughs> as accountants. Um, so what, what else is happening? Uh, yeah, that, that was it really. Just uh, I've been full up of, of moving things. And, you got a new uh, bed? I got a new... So I want to talk about that in my other thing. Oh, okay. That's my other thing this week. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, I also got a new couch, which was, yep, which was nice. That's cool. And uh, some new pillows. Nice. And uh, yeah, all happening. Well done. Mm. It's good to see you, Dan. Mm. I look forward to the invite to come yeah. to your place. Just wait, wait for it. <laughs> Just keep waiting. <laughs> what's uh, what's your timing down there? Um, mine was actually about the AFL trade period. Yeah, so I did like you know I love sports and <laughs> yeah, I've I been all all across the sports. Uh, but I have seen news pop up from you know a friend of the podcast, uh, Chris Foster, yeah, um, big AFL fan, yeah, uh, and you as well. I've been seeing a little bit of argument happening on <laughs> on Facebook between the two of you. It's a heated time, yeah, the trade period. So what what's happened? Well, it's it's just that time of year. So, the AFL is very specific in the time where you can actually broker trades mm. for players. Mm. So, um, there's only like 11 days or something like that. And mm. they've shortened it this this year. It was like nine or something like that mm. to um, for clubs to actually trade players and for mm. players to get to different clubs. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's always a lot of conjecture about... Mm. If the trade was value for money or what's happening yeah. there. And there's so much happening behind closed doors. So, Chris Foster was a little upset that Sydney lost Dan Hanabry. Yes. And he's a gun player. Yeah. Uh, hasn't had a good couple of years, the last mm. two years. But before that, one of the top 10 players in the comp. Yeah. Say. Anyway, Sydney basically gave him away for nothing. They, they didn't get much back in return for him. They got like pick 48 in the draft. Why would they do that? Well, it's very accounting related. I think it's salary cap. Yeah, you yeah. think they're approaching the salary cap? Definitely. So, they're looking at him in terms of value for money. Yeah. And his output for the last two years has not been great. Yeah. He's been very injury plagued. So, is that, so his, his value is well down. His value is definitely well down. And there may be some player welfare um, reasons in there. Mm. Maybe he's a bit home... Like, he may have been going through some off-field... Dramas. Uh, dramas. Yeah. And so, they thought and he's from Victoria. So, mm. that's where he's gone back to. I, I recently actually watched a documentary about the um, the off-field shenanigans of AFL players. I think it was uh, Playing for Keeps. Playing for Keeps. Playing for Keeps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know what that is. What is that? It's a stupid drama on uh, Channel 7 about the wives and girlfriends of AFL players. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it's not a reality docu- show? Yeah, no, it's not a documentary at all. <laughs> Scripted. <laughs> documentary. <laughs> I was, so I was making a joke, but you hadn't seen it. So no, it it's funny that you're across the the TV dramas for AFL. And I'm, <laughs> I haven't actually watched it. I just saw the ads. No, that's good. Um, anyway, so, yeah, the other interesting thing I found. So, Sydney was offloading a few players. GWS was too. GWS. Mm, they sold. actually got in trouble for the salary cap. Yeah. So, yeah. if they kept players, they were going to breach it. Um, mm. So, they had to just offload a bunch and so they did the same thing there's a guy named tom scully mm. he's similar to hanabry he was been injured this year and um they gave him away for like future pick next year pick um 60 or something like that depending on where the clubs finish so 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 there's a so there's a trade period and that's different to the draft period yes so the draft is when they take the young talent yes okay but the draft picks is the trade currency Right. Because there's some clubs that want young players, there's some that want mature, established players. C- can you trade players for money as well, though? Uh, no, you can't buy them. Right. So if you're not, so tra- you're only trading for other players exactly. or for draft picks. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's, that's why it's like it's really hard to broker these trades because the clubs, and that's what what also interests me about trade trade period mm. for business is the negotiations that must be taking place behind mm. closed doors. Yeah. Um, not only the Player managers negotiating with the club for a new contract. So, every time the players change clubs, they get a new contract. Yep. So, that means their pay could increase. Yeah. And the manager's getting a cut of that as well. Oh, really? Because they're the player manager. That's how they get paid. Ah, so the player managers are negotiating these trades and if they get a pay increase, they get a bigger cut. They're stoked. So, they're they're incentivized to try and swap the players. Get better deals for their players. And then the players... Well, they also are looking for... Well, they're negotiating between clubs to mm. try and find the one that's going to play them in a better position mm. or has better chances of success. Yeah. Um, and then the clubs, obviously, they're, they're in day-long negotiations about, no, we'll give you pick two 
instead of pick one mm. uh, because because we don't think he's worth that much. Yeah. And then there's a deadline. So the trades, the Essendon, uh, the Essendon Bombers picked up Dylan Shield, which is a pretty pretty good player from the yeah. Giants. Mm. And um, the trade was probably being negotiated for like a week. Mm. It went through 10 minutes before the deadline, Whoa. which was like 8.30 at night. 10 on minutes. Wednesday. Yeah. So that's the difference between Dylan Shield playing for GWS next year and Essendon. So it's pretty crazy. It's that an is, interesting time. That is an interesting time. So yeah, that's uh, that's my Tim and Dan Lowe. Ah, oh, that's good. That's a good one. All right. Well, how about we do a quick business update? Yes. Good so call. I, I have a couple of things to have a, a chat about uh, this week. Both were from the the ATO. Yeah. Uh, so the first one is uh, single touch payroll. So we've mentioned mm. it before. Um, Probably in about two weeks, we're going to do a full episode on what single touch payroll is yep. when you have to um, sign up for it and, and how to do it. But uh, at the moment, the ATO are basically just encouraging everyone to do it. They've, they've released a few uh, notifications out there just to say, yep, even though you're not required to do it right now, uh, we encourage everyone to do it. Yeah. So, at the moment, if you have 20 or more employees- 20 or more employees, you, you are required to do it. If you have 19 or less, then you can opt in. Correct. And they're encouraging everyone to do it. Mm. So, uh, it's definitely worth having a look. The ATO have webinars on about it and all sorts of things. Give it a look or just wait two weeks and, yeah. and listen to our podcast we'll about it. it. But yes, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Obviously, they want more people reporting more information more regularly. So, yeah. uh, definitely uh, keep an eye out for when you have to register for that. There are some pros for business because it could save you a bit of compliance work down yeah, the track. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But then you've also got to think about sometimes pay runs change. Mm. <laughs> so, it's just a bit of logistics there which need to be thought about. Yeah, sure. And we'll get into that in a future week. Exactly. So, the other the other business update that came from the ATO is that there a few media releases. They're pushing uh, mental health support yeah. and, and issues around mental health uh, for people who run a small business. Interesting. Uh, mainly to do with, you know, financial hardship or if you're unable right. to you know, pay some ATO debts this week or, or, or anything like that. So, what are they offering? Uh, essentially, just doing podcasts and webinars and things about it to promote uh, the fact that you can go through mental health issues as a small business yeah. owner. And if you are experiencing these, contact tell us, us. Tell us. Uh, it, it is a good thing because they, they give a list on their website of, uh, you know, different symptoms that you could be experiencing in your business that might lead to that but we you know we definitely see it there's people who experience mental oh, health yeah. issues and it's stressful and and their and their business suffers for it sometimes it's just from life matters yeah exactly sometimes it's from business matters <laughs> sometimes it's a combination of both yeah and you know you need to put a lot of time and effort to running your own business and that can be stressful yeah so, yeah, uh, I think on a future podcast, uh, we'll probably do an entire episode on mental health issues. Sounds good to me. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah. I so think you have a special guest lined up. For I do have a well. special guest, uh, my beautiful partner, Katrina. Uh, <laughs> it probably won't be for a while. She's very busy at the moment. Dan, she's your de facto partner now. My de facto so partner, can, Katrina. Yeah, oh, uh, slash roommate. Slash roommate, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she she's going to come on at some point in the future. Probably about it. year two of the podcast. Um, but, uh, we're almost there. It's yeah, we're, we're almost there. So, yes, yeah, so that'll, that'll be good. That's exciting. Uh, cool. But, yeah, just good to see recognition of these issues out there in the public and it being more uh, prevalent in people's faces. Now, Dan, before we get into the main topic of today, yes, I just wanted to do a quick... Pong date. Yeah, Pong date. So, we've had two weeks here of, <laughs> of, of Pong issues. Now, I think we mentioned it last, last episode that before Tim went away, we pre-played all of his games. Now, now, you know how every, you know, approaching the end of the season of the AFL, Tim was saying mathematically Essendon could, <laughs> could make it to the end. Well, essentially, that was that was similar chances for uh, rookie rookie of the year uh, entrant into our season, Angie. <laughs> essentially, that was her chances of, of making making the finals a any week. Just be, you know, she's been doing really well. She's improving yeah. every week. She's going gangbusters, but she's not quite there to beat us. Regularly, we get the wins on the board. Uh, 
But because Tim had beaten me in both of our games that we pre-played that week, <laughs> which was a good effort because he hadn't won a game essentially in five weeks I the prior. Pleased, you know. I was pretty pleased with it. Uh, and he beat Mikey in one of them. Yeah. And Mikey and I had a really good contest and we won one each. But Tim didn't play any against Angie and Angie beat Mikey both of his games. <laughs> Angie won. It just worked out that Angie yeah. won the week. <laughs> Angie won the week. <laughs> That's so, a big achievement. Yeah, and she earned it. I mean, yeah. she beat Mikey twice. I think you always remember where you are when you win your first week, Dan. Yeah, I you? think so too. So, yeah. congratulations to Angie. Uh, well deserved. You definitely have been improving every week and yeah. uh, you beat Mikey two times. So Good work. Flying the flag while I was away, Angie. Yeah. Work. Well done. Well done. Uh, this week's Pong is still in progress. Um, big day of Pong. I just won a challenge against you for our first game of the week. We've still got a whole other game to play and I suspect you'll probably challenge me back there's a chance um so you know the result of this week is well up in the air right now (laughs) yeah so there's the pong date yeah um but yeah angie did well angie did well i was happy to happy to hear that yeah congratulations to angie and uh we look forward to uh seeing the rest of your season and before we jump into the fbt topic dan yeah wasn't there something else we're going to discuss discuss the um the numbers Thing, run the numbers for the oh business. run the numbers <laughs> so do you still have that <laughs> no I don't have it on me at the moment this is the emu farm that we yeah. spoke about last week uh, as a new segment should we uh, uh, should we add that on later or probably not this episode but maybe a future one we'll, we'll definitely do that well, segment. just so the listeners know we haven't forgotten we haven't that. forgotten there's a there's a chance actually I've been talking to Bill and, and Chris Forster yeah. uh, and we have some ideas around this uh I'll I'll explain it to you off air, Tim. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's so, uh, it's definitely interesting. Sounds good. <laughs> sounds good to me. What you're actually starting an emu farm, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe. Oh my god. No, definitely you not. Run the numbers on one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not starting an emu farm. Um, uh, but I'll, I'll talk to you about it, and uh, there might be some, some future discussion about this on air. That sounds highly fishy. I don't like it at all. <laughs> no, not fishy. Emui. You're cutting me out of the you're cutting me out of the equation. I can see no, I'm, not, I'm not cutting out of the equation. Uh, let's move on to <laughs> fringe benefits tax. Listeners will not stand for this. <laughs> the main topic. Fringe benefits tax. Yes. So, Tim. Why do we have fringe benefits tax? It's a really good question and the reason is because they just want to annoy all employers <laughs> and employees out there. Isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, they're just... They're Isn't just, that the idea? They don't want to make life easy for people. No. So, obviously, yeah. just introduce a fringe benefits some tax. Some big shot over there at the government got together with some other big shot over at the tax department and they yeah. said, how can we make things more difficult they're like hey those people they're getting juicy fringe benefits yeah we gotta we're gonna tax that we're gonna tax that we're gonna tax that shit yeah we're gonna tax them on every tax them on the air they breathe yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> a Beatles song then tax me it's <laughs> a good song I always think of that movie Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell yeah he's an accountant in that movie yeah he, he, I don't know I think he's like in love with this girl I don't know I don't know what's happening but she's she's just like has this moment where she's like stay out of here Tax man! (laughs) (laughs) It's the best scene. I always think of that. Yeah, it hits home. hits home. It does. So... So, why why do we have a fringe benefit? Why actually do we have fringe benefits? The the reason is, is because employees receive non-cash benefits sometimes, other than their wages. So, uh, this could be a car that they get to use for private purposes. Yeah. It could be anything. Lunches out. <laughs> Lunches out. It could be, uh, you know... A trip. A trip. It could be... And we'll get into exemptions and things, but, you Paying. know, electronic items. Paying uh, for their expenses. Yeah. It could be expenses that are paid for. It could be lots and lots and lots of things. But essentially, it's anything that you were given or given to use... That's not, that's not a wage or cash or cash that you are receiving. Exactly. Exactly. So, that is what a fringe benefit is. And the reason why this is an issue without them, without us kidding around yeah. uh, is because potentially, let's say that you were earning $100,000 in a year and you're getting taxed quite a bit on that. And so, your employer says, hey, we're not going to pay that tax or that super anymore. Yeah. So... Instead of giving you $100,000 before tax, we're going to give you $50,000 before 
before tax. Yeah. And we're just going to make up the other $50,000 in all of your expenses. We're going to pay your mortgage. Exactly. We're going to give you a car. We're going to pay a phone. And it's going to work out about 20 grand cheaper for us. Yeah. And you know what? Um, that still happens today. Oh, definitely. But it's... Um, government and public benevolent organizations, they're FPT exempt. Yeah. So, they, they do that. <laughs> and we'll, we'll get to that maybe in week two, but yeah. Uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, so, this is why. The reason is, is because people were <laughs> receiving essentially a wage without being taxed. Yeah. So, and when did FPT come around? I think it was, it'd probably be in the 80s. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Look it, that up right now, but you can imagine before then- <laughs> Oh, what people were getting away with. Yeah, you, you can definitely imagine. Like, you can imagine some CEO of some company is receiving two hundred thousand dollars as a wage, but really is getting you know five hundred grand and other benefits that are being paid to him, yeah. not taxed. Yeah, they would have definitely been getting away with that. And you know, what I've just thought of Tim. This is exactly the problem with salary caps in football. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that they get a salary you know from the afl club but then there's third party sponsorships there from you know some you know a they sponsor them gives them a house or something they make them register those yeah they definitely make them register those. Exactly but the i would i'm intrigued by it i would love to know the goings on mm. uh, behind scenes in terms of those things oh for sure and that would happen and the poor the good management of it what strategies they have for good management anyway the different topic but we should do an entire episode on the accounting of AFL oh we should find a, a, an accountant that works for an AFL club and we should do a whole podcast called, there's, a, there's a podcast that I listen to <laughs> and it's um, playing with science and essentially it's this it's the physics of sports and oh, every week they do a different sport cool. or they get like a professional on and they talk about the physics of like kicking a soccer ball yeah. and the rotation and the air resistance and all that kind of stuff and what the ball is made out of and yeah. all that kind of stuff we should do accounting for sports we definitely should. We definitely <laughs> and, should. And I, each week we pick a sport and we talk about the, the, the numbers behind it. I think it. it's fascinating. I love it. This is a great idea. It is. Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's continue on with FBT. Yeah, so that's why FBT started. And just so you know, it did begin uh, around 1999. Mm. Similar time to GST. GST. Yeah. <laughs> so, people were getting away with murder before that point. That's... Really? That's, that's, that's a Which little... Which is crazy. We missed the boat. <laughs> yeah, we definitely did. <laughs> um, so, and so, okay. Um, I guess, what is FBT? Okay. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Well, um, that's the next part of it. Right. So, we've, we've explained why it exists. So, what is it? It's essentially a tax on the non-cash items that you provide to employees. Yes. And they tax you at the top marginal tax bracket. Yeah. They, they tax you a lot. And, it, and it's not... And here's the thing as well. It's not just you provided a benefit of $10,000 to someone. We're going to tax you on that. You end up having to gross it up and there's a whole complicated set of processes to actually come to the figure that you end up on. Who pays the tax, Dan? The employer pays that's, the tax. That's a really important thing to note. Yeah. Because the benefit is going to the employee. Mm-hmm. But the employer is the one that pays the fringe benefits tax. Yeah, that's right. And they do get a tax deduction for the FBT yep. tax. And income tax the- deduction. And the interesting thing about the fringe benefit that they're giving to the employee or paying for the employee is they can claim a deduction for that as well. That's right. Provided that it is claimed as a fringe benefit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's essentially fringe benefits tax is not paid by individual taxpayers. No, it's um, not. It's... it's it's something that an employer will pay for the benefits that they give their employees. Mm-hmm. There's a specific list of those nine benefits which the ATO look for. Um, and that's something which you do have to calculate. It's yeah, different for each of those benefits. And there's a specific set of rules. So, this is why we split the episode or the topic into two episodes because we're going to delve deeper into that next week. That's right. So, is there an option to not pay the tax, Dan? So, there are ways to minimize the fringe benefits or eliminate the fringe benefits that yes. you have to pay. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but maybe we'll just discuss how the mechanics of it actually works, assuming that you've provided a benefit to someone. So, let's say that yep. you, you've provided and we won't... A car can be complicated, so let's just say random benefit that you've provided worth $10,000. Yeah. So, that's the actual cost that you paid 
exclusive of GST yeah. uh, to the employee for various things. Yeah. Now, if you are eligible to claim the GST on that item that you've provided to them, mm-hmm. uh, you then have to gross it up with a higher rate mm. than you would if you couldn't claim the GST. And yeah. essentially what grossing it up means is just timesing it by a rate that the ATO give you. Yeah, now, exactly. The, the two rates that they've got, the higher you know, tier, type one fringe benefit uh, for the year ending 31 March 2019 is 2.0802. Mm. So if you've got a $10,000 amount that you've provided to your employee, times that by two. Yeah. <laughs> so the fringe benefit that you're paying tax on is $20,000. Isn't that to account for just in simple plain English jargon here? Um, isn't that to account for the tax deduction that the company gets for it? Um, the yeah. GST that they get back. Yeah. It's sort of to account for the tax differences that are going to occur. Yeah. I, I think it's also to do with the... Because it, it's really like an after-tax benefit. Like, if, if the employee was receiving a wage to yeah. get that $10,000, they would have had to be paid like $20,000 yeah. at the top marginal rate Which as well. Which is why they gross it up. Plus a bit of GST and things like yeah. that. So, it includes essentially exactly right. It's the tax differences that people have received or would have received if it was paid in cash rather than in just the sole benefit. Because that's something that's very confusing to uh, yeah. business owners is why why is there a gross up? Why do I have to gross this up? Yeah. Um, and why is there two different gross ups? Yeah, exactly. Well, it is to, to cater for that 10% GST and, and also- Tax rates. The tax, the tax rates. Yeah. Mm. So, w- what happens then essentially is you- say that you've got a 20,000 I'm not timesing it exactly but just to yeah, make it easy $20,000 is the grossed up value of the GS, um, of the fringe benefit yep and then the tax on that is 47% yeah the top marginal top marginal rate so your fringe benefits tax so the tax that you're paying on a $10,000 benefit that you've provided to someone is about nine is, nine yeah, and a half exactly mm. nine and a half thousand dollars you can claim that as a deduction yeah. So, you get another 30%, 30%, off, 30% that. off that. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on if you're a small business or yeah. not. But that's but why it gets quickly very convoluted for small businesses. Yeah. But that, that is a killer. If you $10,000 is not a huge benefit to provide someone, but so, all of a sudden, you're doubling the amount you have to yeah. pay, you know, less tax that you're going to get back. Um, but it's a lot. It's pretty rough. And this is why you do have to be across these fringe benefits because some, mm. in, some, in some cases, it is better to pay the tax. Mm. In others, um, it's far better to take advantage of exemptions. Yeah, that's right. And then in other circumstances, you can do some, something like an employee contribution. And yeah, yeah. And then in third circumstances, it might be better just to pay them a bigger wage yeah. and ask them to pay <laughs> for those the things themselves. Them. Yeah. You know? uh, employees particularly like fringe benefits because they're not paying the tax on it. Yes. And they're getting a benefit that's on top of their wage. So, that's why they like it. Yeah. Um, So, we've discussed what the tax implications would be for the employer. employer. What about about the employee, Tim? Yeah, no, that's a good point. There's actually one of the people who wanted this topic was Jake. Jake. Yeah. Who's who's Jake? Mr. Small. Ah, Jake Small. Jake Small, yes. Jake Small, tall. Yeah, tall man, Jake Small. Um, he um, he's an employee, mm. and he earns um, a fringe benefit. He gets a fringe benefit. Yep. Which was a company car. Mm-hmm. So um, this is the reason he's asking the question because he also has a help debt. Mm-hmm. Now, um, part of the fringe benefit mm-hmm. is that no, you don't have to pay tax on it as an employee. Yeah. But it does add to some of the income testing. Yeah. Especially for help debt mandatory repayments. Yep. So, this is where you're an employee. You might have finished studying four years out. Mm. You've got a good job. Yeah. You've got a fringe benefit coming like a company car. Yeah. It's not used, not doesn't have to be used 100% for work purpose. Yeah. At Um, the moment, your employer is withholding the correct amount of tax for the help debt based on your cash wage. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. And then that fringe benefit pushes you over into the next um, percentage 
mm-hmm. of repayment on your help debt. Yeah. And that's a really tricky thing because the software may or may not be able to calculate that. Yeah. The payroll software. Exactly. So, you may be left as an employee at the end of the year- With a big tax debt. With a tax debt, um, which is it's paying, you, paying back your help quicker. Mm. So, you're not losing out there. Mm. Uh, you're not actually paying more tax. It's just that you're paying back more help than- then you um, would. the tax was withheld yeah. for you during the year. But exactly. in that specific circumstance, it can be a little tricky for employees. Mm. Is there any other circumstance where fringe benefits uh, can It, it can pushes up a bunch of income tests, uh, probably including Medicare levy. Does it include Medicare levy? Yeah, I think this... Let's see. I think the surcharge might be based on the adjusted income. So, um, but the actual charge itself is not. So, um, what we're talking about there is the Medicare levy surcharge. If you're a high income earner, um, that's $90,000 for a single person or $180,000 for a couple. Um, then you should have hospital, private hospital cover. Otherwise, the government will charge you the Medicare levy surcharge, which is an extra um, half a percent of your taxable income on top of the normal Medicare levy. Um, and basically, this is to stop people from um, being high income owners but not having private hospital cover. Now, um, they test your income first and they will include the fringe benefits in that test. So, that's yeah. called your adjusted taxable income. That's but right. The surcharge is charged on the actual taxable income. So, the Medicare levy surcharge the income for that purposes is taxable income, fringe benefits, uh, investment losses, reportable super contributions, and is, takes into account your spouse's income. And is that the testing? That's the testing. But then what is the actual charge on? Just taxable income. Mm, good question. Pretty sure it's just taxable income. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. So, that that's an interesting one there too. So, it will push you into... It's basically income testing. And that, that's yep. that's the impact on employees. Yeah. So, so if, if you're above that threshold because of that fringe benefit, then you are going to have to pay the Medicare levy surcharge. But if you don't... You know, if you have private hospital cover and you don't have a help that, really, it should be fine as It should employee. be fine. Yeah. It just there's very specific circumstances where having a fringe benefit adds back yes. to your assessable income for income, income testing. testing. Yeah. And certain results of those income testing might mean that you have to pay certain things. Certain things. <laughs> but it does not increase your income tax. No, there's no extra income tax. On no it. extra income tax, no. but there are other levies. Yeah. And other debt repayments. Yeah. That may be increased because of your fringe benefit. So um um that was Jake's question. Yeah. Leon Black um, regular, <laughs> regular listener of the show. Yeah. He had a question about how to work around fringe benefits tax. Yeah. Uh, we've al- already mentioned one. You can be a public benevolent organization. That's right. So, <laughs> if, if you're, you're a government organization or you're a health service- Like a hospital. A hospital or- a charity. A charity. Uh, you're essentially allowed up to a certain threshold to provide fringe benefits to people. Yeah. Tax-free. Tax-free. They don't have to pay fringe benefits tax. No. Nah. And the employee, as we know, doesn't pay tax on the fringe benefits. Correct. So, that's a pretty cool scenario for them. Yeah. And you often see that as, as um, salary packaging for people working in those That's right. And, and it's a very common situation where people who are working for these, you know, not-for-profit government organizations uh, will provide you with, you know, when you first sign up, you get a, a pamphlet from some company that provides this service that the government contracts to and they say, right, we're going to give you a card that you can spend on your groceries and all sorts of stuff. Plus, we're going to pay for your car repayments. It adds up to about 20 grand a year and that's essentially taken out of your taxable income first. Mm. And then you end up with 20 grand less of taxable income and a lot less tax to pay, but you've still paid for all those expenses and you end up with, you know, several more grand in your pocket. So good. So good if you're an employee for one of those organizations. And yeah. I guess I can see why the ATO and the government are giving those organizations a competitive advantage yeah. over private businesses yeah. to recruit um, talented staff. Exactly. Because they all, sometimes they can't pay more exactly. than you know, what a successful private business is Salary progression. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tim. That's not going to help Leon because <laughs> yeah. you know, Leon doesn't uh, doesn't own a benevolent 
institution. No. <laughs> uh, but... There are some others. There are some other exemptions and some other ways to reduce the fringe benefits. Which we will go into much more detail next week. Yeah, exactly. But just some obvious ones. Some obvious ones would be uh, providing electrical items such yes. as laptops, phones, anything like that. Yeah, you can do one or two of those a year. If you're a small business, you're allowed to do more than one. It, yeah. If you're not a small business, as long as they don't provide substantially the same function, yeah. you can provide as many as you want, yeah. but you couldn't give someone two laptops, but you could give them a laptop and a phone or yeah. an iPad and a phone or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but if you're a small business, give them four iPads. You yeah. know, um, that's fine. Um, what that's about, all exempt. Yeah, that is exempt. So, that can be claimed as a deduction by the employer. Yeah, and no and fringe benefit. And there's benefits. no fringe benefit in the employee's tax return. That's right. Um, what about the otherwise deductible rule? Yeah, that's right. So, if the employee would be entitled to a tax deduction, had they purchased these things themselves and used them for the same amount of business purposes themselves, then that reduces the fringe benefit. Yeah. Because they're used for business purposes. It's otherwise deductible in their tax return. Yeah. So, the business is allowed to deduct it yeah. and not declare it as a fringe benefit. Yeah. So, that, that would include, you know, it, let's say, I'm struggling to come up with an example Protective here. clothing. Protective clothing. Uh, tools of trade. Tools of trade. <laughs> Briefcases. This Brief is cases. on the ATO website. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, this article was written in 1954, <laughs> but... Uh, um, and then, I mean, just other things are like, um, you do see that in the way that the motor vehicle fringe benefit is calculated yeah, there, as well. There is, you know, that rule essentially applies to the motor vehicle, which we will go into more detail next week because it is very complex. There are several ways to calculate the fringe benefit provided. Um, it's not purely just, hey, this vehicle cost us this much this year and let's, let's apply a rate to that. Yep. Um, no. It's, it's much more complicated than that. And that's also why there's no fringe benefits on work-related travel. That's for right. For example, or paying a travel allowance. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Uh, and that's because if it's, if it's for business purposes, which it would be, yeah. uh, it's deductible yeah. in a personal tax return, mm -hmm. therefore not a fringe benefit. Exactly. And the way this can work as well is let's say that 50% of said expenses were for business use and the other 50% were for private use, yeah. then you reduce the fringe benefit by 50%. Yeah, true. There's also minor benefits. Minor benefits. Less anything under $300 per... So, this is, <laughs> I think... Another bit grey. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the ridiculous a bit next week. So, <laughs> I, I think we'll talk about the main ones. You know, we've got your uh, motor vehicles and uh, expense payments and a few of those bigger ones that happen regularly. But next week, let's get into the complexities surrounding a, uh, a Christmas um, dinner. <laughs> or, oh, that's, let's use some examples, uh, yeah, some or, practical examples. Yeah, or uh, all the complexities around providing a car park to an employer, yeah, uh, employee. Yeah, if you're in the city. If you're in the city and the amount of kilometers it needs to be away and, and things like that, which what is about ridiculous. in-house benefits? Yeah, all right. Um, so, it's going to be, you know, everyone get a good night's sleep before next yeah. week's episode because there's going to be a lot of in-depth discussion. It's not referred to as the silly tax by accountants for no reason. Exactly. Because some of the rules are a little bit... Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, in, in my personal opinion, it probably should be wiped for all small businesses except for maybe Up a to couple... a certain limit. Except for something. maybe a couple of them like motor vehicle or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Um because they do get, they, they get dumb. It's, um, interestingly enough, they are talking about reviewing fringe benefits tax for small businesses at the moment. Yeah, good. I've had some correspondence through about that. Good, good, good. So, that's good. Um, but yeah, it, it's a pretty complex, difficult thing. Uh, mm. And that's why often employers will go with the final way to get around fringe benefits tax. Yes. The employee contribution. The employee contribution, Tim. <laughs> what is that? It's essentially um, you calculate how much benefit the employee has received, let's say from the private usage of their motor vehicle. Yeah, and, and this isn't the grossed up amount. No, it's, it's the pre-grossed up amount. pre-grossed up amount. So, let's say you've calculated... $10,000 worth of motor vehicle yep. expenditure. Mm -hmm. This is a very simple way of looking at it. 30% mm. of that motor vehicle based on the logbook is private. Yep. So, there's $3,000 there of um, 
fringe benefits. Yep. Now, you could gross that up and then pay the fringe benefits tax on that if you're the employer. Yep. Or you could take up an employee contribution. Yeah. And that's essentially the employee paying you back for that $3,000. Yep. It's income to the employer. Yep. Inclusive of GST. Inclusive of GST. And what you often see people doing is um, not actually paying it back in terms of cash, but it becomes a loan. Yep. Um, to them from the company. That's they right. They owe that money to the company. Yeah. And this, this method is particularly handy if you own the business because yes. there's often a lot of transactions between you and the business yep. that affect that loan. You know, you might the put a lot of money owe, in. You, you, you business know. may owe you money. Exactly. So, and, it'll just and reduce that. Reduces that and, and that all works out fine. It's a little bit more complicated when you've just got employees Mm. with loan accounts because doesn't work because doesn't work. they'd need to pay those back somehow yeah so you don't want that situation no. and you know you could uh, you could do some salary sacrificing for that that's right there are options around this to reduce that fringe benefit exactly uh, another potential option is that the employee pays for some of the costs of yes. running that motor vehicle yes. during the year which you often see actually with salary packaged cars exactly what I understand that's what they're doing yeah when they're making contributions yeah towards that car say a hundred bucks a week yeah <laughs> so let's say that you uh, um, you have a, a car let's go Jake Jake has a car provided yep. to him by his employer yeah uh, if Jake purchases his fuel yep. for the year and it adds up to I said Jake does a lot of driving and it adds up to five grand yep. and the fringe benefit private portion you know of the total usage the fringe benefit yep. was five grand mm-hmm. then Jake doesn't need to make any contributions because he's paid for the expenses paid his share also though not a tax deduction for Jake no not a tax deduction at all no because um He's gotten the benefit of that deduction exactly, already exactly. through not having pre-tax. to pay the fringe benefit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, receiving that pre-tax benefit. Yeah. Um, interestingly, just on Jake, yeah, he had a good solution, yeah. and um, yeah, I thought it was quite a good one. So, and I don't know the intimate details of it all, mm. um, but um, so he was receiving this company car benefit. Mm. Um, the reason it must have been a fringe benefit to him was because it was available for his use. For private purposes. Yeah. They must have just been using this statutory method. Yeah, which we'll get so into next it, week. It was a large it was a large benefit. Yeah. It made a big difference. <laughs> so um, his solution, this is a very Jake thing to do, mm. was to go to the company and be like, Hey, I don't want this fringe benefit anymore. Mm. And so they told him, Well, it needs to be hundred percent for work purpose. Yeah. Uh, minor and infrequent use for personal yeah. Yeah. reasons. Again, we'll get into this next week. Um, and so, Jake went out and bought a like small runaround yeah. car. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it cost him way less than the fringe benefit. Yeah. It's going to cost him. And as long as he doesn't use that vehicle for private purposes, apart from minor and infrequent uses. Exactly. Like using it to drive things to the tip once. Yep. Uh, then... He doesn't have a fringe benefit anymore. It was just really interesting because Jake works for a large mining company. It's good to see they're doing the right thing. Yeah. They're following the rules. They are following the rules. So, uh, yeah, so that is interesting. So, yeah, a- another way to reduce a fringe benefit, and this works particularly well for a motor vehicle, is to not use it for private purposes. Yeah, exactly. To have the employee have a second yeah. car they use for private purposes. Exactly. You can still then provide them with that vehicle, assuming it's a ute, which in this case for Jake, it's, it was a ute, a yep. commercial vehicle. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. But anyway, uh, it's a very complex topic, but hopefully we gave you a bit of a basic uh, introduction yeah. to it there. So, next week, much like we did with GST, we're going to deep dive. Deep dive. And we're going to go into very specific fringe benefit types because there are many. Yeah. And it gets, does get silly. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll, we'll go into detail about the big ones and then we'll mention and give brief overviews about the dumb ones. Cool. Cool. Is it time for that other thing, Dan? It is time for the other things this week, Tim. I'll, I'll kick us off. Kick us off. So, um, before I went away, I joined a uh, website called Ping Skills. <laughs> <laughs> I became a free member of yeah, the Ping Skills of Ping website. Skills, yeah. now, I was in a dark Ping place. Skills or Pong Skills? Uh, pretty sure it's Ping Skills. Is it the same? All right. Uh, is, is it Pong Skills? Is it the same... Is it the same video that I watched that time with the guy? Absolutely. Pong skills. Are you sure? Pretty sure. No, it's ping skills. I'll show you it right now. No, yeah, you're right. I guess I was wrong. 
<laughs> Apologies. I'm glad everyone got to hear yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, I joined the website. I was in a dark place. Mm. I think I might have told you that anyway. You did, yeah. I mentioned it on the podcast. Um, what I didn't tell you, Dan, was they send you an email when you, when you join. And um, Alois Rosario, the guy who yeah, hosts the guy from all, the videos, yeah, he yeah. hosts all the videos. It's obviously an automated email when you yeah. join. It, s- it sends you an email saying, "Reply to me with your, um, you know, why you join. What's your biggest problem? What do you want to take from this website?" Yeah, and I replied saying, uh, "You know, we've got. Uh, I'm an accountant. We've got a an office table. Yeah, and uh, there's a guy in the office just." Really annoying me at the moment because this heat keeps hitting the ball on my body. <laughs> I can't get it back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, he, he gave me a few suggestions, which were good. Oh, really? Yeah. He wrote back with suggestions about how to deflect a he body He absolutely hit. did. He absolutely wow. did. Now, a bit of a shout out to okay. Alois because they also have a podcast, by the way. So, a, we might be able to- podcast? Yes. We might be able to get them on. How haven't I heard of this? I know. So, we might be able to actually link up with them. I would love that. I thought I'd give him a shout out. So, yeah. um, he actually studied accounting. Really? Yeah. And now he has his Pong website. Yeah. This guy is He's like a- us in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> He's a professional ping pong coach. <laughs> How good is that? We need to talk to him. And so, I said, well, What's that's- his name? Aloise. 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 Now, it's a pretty cool thing because um, then I replied, uh, it took me a little while to think of a witty reply. And yeah. I said- um, You're not very quick. I do think <laughs> <laughs> I do think ping pong is very mathematics based. Yeah. And he replied saying, yes, we often find when we go out to schools that the kids who are good at maths are like the good ping pong players. It makes a lot of sense. I was great at math. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, there, there you go. Bit of a- Shout out to Alois and Ping Skills. Yeah, Ping Skills. It's uh, a great website. Got some excellent videos, a lot of free, free coverage. I should there. join and just say, hi, I've got this wanker in the office that keeps <laughs> deflecting my body shots. <laughs> How can I get through it? Give me annoying backspin shots. <laughs> so, he's got a podcast. All right. I'm going to give him a... Yeah. Uh, uh, let's give him a shout out. Alois Ping Skills. Everyone go to his website yeah. and join up. Honestly. Is it like a subscription a or something that you pay for it? Or it, You can. There is a premium subscription. At the moment, yeah. I've just got the free one. Yeah. But that limits you to a certain number of videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I wouldn't mind getting the premium. Mm. Um, maybe... Maybe they can be our first sponsor, Dan. Ping skills. Ping skills. I love for it. A, for a premium I membership. <laughs> I also love that he was an accountant. <laughs> I know. And then- uh, There's a whole untapped market there for them, I reckon. For accountant of, uh, ping pong players. Of, yeah, office place. You know what, Tim? He is the very first episode of Accounting for Sports. <laughs> That's it. Well, I, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm definitely up for it. We're uh, going to be spending half of our week recording podcasts that's fine. that no one listens uh, to. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone listens to this one, Tim. No, we, we, yeah, no, we do. We get we listeners. listeners. Yeah. We, get, we get listeners. Imagine how many we could have for accounting for sports. A lot. And then we can just push them back on each other. I think accounting for sports <laughs> could be a monthly podcast. Monthly. I like that. Let's do it. We're doing it. Is that your other thing? <laughs> no, my other thing this week was... Uh, and I. It was Eva Mattress. Ah, uh, yes. Mattresses. Your bed. So, um, I received my bed. Yep. And I unraveled it. Yeah. And uh, I accidentally popped the popped the plastic before I got it to the right point, <laughs> and it started blowing up right there, exploding. <laughs> so I was rushing around trying to cut it all up, and eventually it, it popped out. And Are it you was, telling me you popped off before you met I it? I did. I did. It's a regular occurrence. And I <laughs> rolled out the mattress and- You but, can contain it? But, but uh, it takes three full days to get to full, to full size. It doesn't- <laughs> Does that you three days? Three days to get to full three size. Three days to full size. Yeah. Three days to full size. And now though, it is- 30 seconds puffed to Puffed up off. enough that it's like real comfy. <laughs> so, I've still got another- sus connotations there are in what you were just saying. <laughs> I've still got a couple of days until it's, it's full- uh, full width, but <laughs> but I'm I'm thoroughly looking forward to to lie down in this bad boy. Is Cat looking forward to the uh, <laughs> full width in, a, in coming days? <laughs> yes, but uh, no, I do want to say you have a king size mattress. I actually did get a king size mattress. <laughs> so the, well, what I want to say, if, if you don't know what even mattresses are, it's, it's one of those mattresses companies that send you a box. Yeah, it's, it's a big box, but it's a box. Yeah, um, it's got wheels yeah. and a handle, and you. Deliver it to your door. You order it online, 
and you roll it inside, put it in your room, and you open it up, and the mattress comes out of this box and expands into a full-size, big, big, big mattress. Yeah. And it's also a, fra- a fraction of the price of a, uh, you know, regular mattress for the same size and quality. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's actually very comfortable. Hmm. It's really good. It's not a bad mattress at all, yeah. um, which I was worried about. They give you 120 days risk-free trial. So, if you don't like it, after a few weeks, they come pick it up for free and give you a full refund. Yeah, wow. Uh, I had a lot of trouble with the freight company mm-hmm. uh, that delivered That's it. Interesting. They actually it up because Angie ordered one of them as well and got them like, got three, it days like three days later. I it took them like eleven days to get to me. It's meant to come in within four, which uh, is still bloody amazing. It's still amazing, but they set the expectation mm. for within four and told me a day that it would be there. That's disappointing. So apparently, it was picked up. From them by the freight company, and then the freight company just took it a week to get it to me. So it's their fault. It's not even mattress's fault. It's their fault. That's frustrating. But I'm I was ticked. But I'm happy now I got the mattress. Yeah. So I just want to give props to the whole mattress in a box thing. They're yeah, actually, mattress in a box is hectic. They're actually real comfy. They're so cheap. Yeah. I mean, th- this do you think that's the end to the mattress? And it's disruption. Industry? It's definitely yeah, disruption. disruption. Because like, m- the problem that most of them have been like koala and that kind of, they're all foam. So, yeah. there's like different layers. Of, and they're not like your normal foam mattress you're going to get from Kmart or something. Yeah. They're, they're solid and they're, yeah. they're really good quality and comfortable, but they're still, they're foam. Yeah. It's funny because Jade's mum used to be involved in making dog beds. Yeah. And so, she, she saw the koala mattress. She was going to get one. She was really keen on it. Yeah. But then she saw the material they were using to make the bed, which yeah. is a thicker, more luxurious version of what she was using in dog, dog beds. beds. Yeah. <laughs> she knew how cheap that was. How cheap it was, yeah. So, um, so, so the reason... That's why I went with Eva mattress. Yeah. Because cause Eva mattresses have springs. Yeah. So, they're half spring, half foam. But then I kind of think, well, if, if it's still a comfy bed, the koala. Yeah. I would love it. Yeah. I think I would be pretty stoked with, with one of their beds. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with my mattress. Uh, it's, it's yet to be maximum size, but um, <laughs> I'll send you a pic when it's there, Tim. <laughs> a mat pic? <laughs> a mat pic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Cool. Well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Well, that's probably the end of the, uh, end of the podcast today. Join well, us next week. Yeah. Join us next week for FBT, FBT Deep two. Dive. Yeah. Deep Dive. The Silly Tax. The Silly Tax. Maybe that's what we should call this episode. I'm silly gonna, tax, parentheses, FBT. I'm going to get silly right now, Dan, and challenge you to a game of ping pong. I accept. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Everyone, enjoy your week, and we'll catch you next week. Good to be back. Speak to you next week. Calculate it. Bye.